Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me today is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Well, you know, I'm recovering from a difficult uh, weekend of fantasy, a, a fun weekend of football. We're recording this a little earlier than we normally do, so this is my kind of morning after the weekend of football wrapping up kind of tired feeling of, all right, here we go. It was a it was a battle this week. We'll see how things go next week, but uh, yeah, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling tired, recover in recovery mode, and then I can get back at it tomorrow. Yeah, the fantasy football hangover. Yep, it's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of games. <laughs> a lot of games ending twenty to seventeen this week. Yeah, that I noticed uh, for whatever reason. Every other game. Needed to end twenty to seventeen. A uh, couple close calls, a couple last minute field goals to to win. Uh, I hope hopefully Tom Brady's happy with himself, uh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is a bum. So love it. <laughs> I knew you were going to get that in there somewhere. He's a, he's a nipple pleasuring bum. Yeah, that video was kind of painful to watch. I don't know if anyone listening has seen that, but it, it was passing around Instagram. His like warm up and weirdly rubbing his nipples. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. Probably something that his witch doctor girlfriend told him to do. I don't know. But I did see a a stat that uh, ever since he drank uh, some some liquid, I think over the summer, like he's been performing like the worst, I think, in his career or something like that. Oh, he's an absolute disaster of a human being. And it's it's painful because had he not i think gone down this really weird path in life he probably would still be a relevant good quarterback like he's younger than brady he probably was in a position to still do pretty well obviously there's a lot of you know he doesn't have the weapons around him um that brady does so i think it's a different level of disappointment that's happening but still his play has not been good i don't care how much he gets frustrated at the young players i've watched some of his games he is not throwing the ball well and it has nothing to do with your receivers. He's doing a lot of really weird things that aren't working. That anyway. should be fair. He also can't keep a healthy receiving core on the field. No, true. And and that helps with timing and everything. But it, it's, not, it's not 100% one thing. And I think that every time I listen to that guy talk, he's, he's, he's the smartest guy in the room, according to him. You know, he's always <laughs> the smartest guy in the room. He's always the most intelligent. He's never at fault. And he is at fault. Like there are there are moments where he does dumb things and he can't complete things and he can't do things. So I don't know. I, if if I was a receipt young receiver on that team, with all the bashing he's done of the receiving core and how much he wanted moves done at the trade deadline, I'd be saying to him now, why would I play for you? Like honestly, why would I? Like you have no confidence in me. You haven't even attempted to build chemistry. You've just whined and complained and rubbed your own nipples. So, <laughs> yeah, it might be time for him to to hang it up and retire. But. That's what I think. Get rid of him. Uh, we've got uh, an exciting episode today. Uh, Mike and I are going to go over our rest of season rankings, our top tens for each position. Uh, but before we get to that, we'll take a look back at week nine. 
We'll start with our quarterbacks. So the Conquerors for this week, we had Justin Fields, Tua Tagovailoa, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, and Patrick Mahomes. And I want to focus in on Justin Fields because over the past three or four weeks, he's been slowly ramping up, and this week it all came together. He, uh, unfortunately, they lost to the Dolphins, but if if you started Fields this week, if if you had the courage to do that, you probably won your fantasy matchup. It's interesting because he only threw 123 yards, but he ran, (laughs) like, all the time and was a monster. Um, One of the things I wanted to quickly say that's not about Justin Fields is just, <laughs> well, I just, I just wanted to throw this out there because it's going to come up in our lists later. Okay. Josh Allen is a conquer for this week in a game that he threw two interceptions and they lost. And yet he still, like he burned me in fantasy in the game that I was playing because he still got points. And I feel like Justin Fields is starting to move into that category. I guess it does relate. See, there you go, Josh. It does connect. There you go. Justin Fields is kind of moving into that category of, yeah, Justin Fields is not going to throw the ball and have amazing success right now with that team. But he can use other tools to make it work. Allen's obviously a much better thrower. But if Allen can be a conquer in a week where I would say that was a bad week for him, there you go. There's your number one quarterback this year and moving forward. And Justin Fields is obviously starting to move up. It's a kind of a small sample size, but I can't deny that was a crazy good week for him. Well, what it all boils down to for both of them is the rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns. Because if you have a fantasy quarterback who can do that, that's like having gold. Because um, you're right, Josh Allen didn't throw very much and he threw two interceptions, but he had 86 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields had almost 180 rushing yards and a touchdown. And we saw it last year with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was very inaccurate as a thrower last year, but he was running for 60 plus yards almost every game. So you didn't really care. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like the, the cheat code to fantasy is if you can get a quarterback who likes to run, you basically are just starting an extra running back who has the potential to throw multiple passing touchdowns too. Yeah. Agreed. Um, moving on to our bus for the week, we had PJ Walker, Matthew Stafford, Sam Ellinger, Marcus Mariota, Mac Jones, and Malik Willis. Each of those names as disappointing and busty as the, as the last. <laughs> what <Yeah>. a terrible group. <laughs> just, just awful. Um, I, I don't even have one. I, I guess I would focus in on Stafford because the Rams are just in trouble. They're yeah. near the bottom of their division. They have no running game. And Stafford's performance has been declining week after week. Like he's only it only seems like he wants to throw the ball to Cooper Cup and nobody yeah. else. So yeah. Cooper Cup is really the only fantasy option that's relevant on that team anymore. They're too one dimensional. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we'll move on to our running backs. So Conquerors on the week. We had Joe Mixon, Derek Henry, Travis Etienne. Austin Eckler, Kenneth Walker, Cordero Patterson, Jeff Wilson, and Kenyon Drake. And so obviously we're going to talk about Joe Mixon. Because <laughs> you got to talk about Joe Mixon. <laughs> <laughs> he had 
He had five touchdowns on the week. Um, I was playing against Joe Mixon, and I barely scraped out a victory because, thankfully, the rest of my opponent's team did nothing. But Joe Mixon more than made up for that on his own. Um, even even had a receiving touchdown. Like, why did Burrow have to throw him a touchdown pass? Like, <laughs> come on. I was hoping that was going to be the one, okay, Mixon finally didn't get in the end zone. But nope, that was him. Oh, what a game for him. Um, we'll move on to our busts. So Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson Jr. for the Rams. Dion Jackson, Alexander Madison, Eno Benjamin, Dante Foreman, David Montgomery, and Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Uh, I'm not another list of just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah. Now I do want to talk about Robinson and Gibson, but I'm going to talk about them later in the start sits. So I'll talk about mm. Akers and Henderson right now. Yeah. Um, because I don't know what's going on there. I really don't. Their their ground game has just been terrible. They decided to bring Akers back into the fold, and it did nothing to fix it. I think, in fact, it really just made it worse because. You had even less carries for Henderson Jr. And neither of them did anything. Um, and like, like you said, they're, they're extremely one-dimensional, and I don't know how they're going to fix that at this point. Yeah, I mean, they used to be uh, a multifaceted offense because they, I mean, he was injured a lot, but they did have Robert Woods, and him and Cooper Cup would do a bunch of different things. And they had a running game, and they were able to kind of you know, spread the ball around, even when they had got, like they were efficient when they had Goff. Matthew Stafford kind of pushed them over the edge. And now we're kind of backtracking for the Rams and they basically have one thing. Stafford to to Cooper Cup. Cup's going to run around. He's going to get running yards. going to get receiving yards. Great for fantasy, him alone. But the offense just has nothing else it can do. And they're not establishing a strong enough running game. So yeah, I don't... I don't think it's going to be a very good, uh, very good rest of the season for the Rams. No, I'm just looking at Stafford's finishes for each week, and he has only broken 20 points once this season. Yeah, that is terrible. Yeah, not not a good year. Uh, wide receiver conquerors for the week: we had Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Christian Kirk. Um, now let's talk about Christian Kirk because I had predicted him to be a, a sit for the week and uh, he said uh, go screw yourself Josh <laughs> yeah. he listened <laughs> specifically to you and when yeah. I'm going to show him <laughs> Yeah. oh you want me to do well no thank you oh I'm yeah. going to do terribly watch this watch this yeah Yeah. he had uh, 8 receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown so he and Travis Etienne both did well. Uh, Trevor Lawrence still seems to struggle, though, so I don't know how repetitive that'll be for Christian Kirk, but he proved me wrong this week. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, again, for Kirk, he's one of those receivers that, yeah, he's had a couple weeks that have been fine, but I think overall the team, they're heading into some difficult matchups for the rest of the year. They've got a couple that you might look at and say, okay, maybe against Detroit, maybe against Houston. But, you know, Tennessee, Dallas, the Jets, I'm just looking at it now, Baltimore, Kansas City, like those are all, they're going to get crushed in all those games. So offensively, like you just don't have much that I think you can do with them. But, you know, maybe if you got them on your team, play them against Detroit, 
play him against Houston, he might get 70 yards and a touchdown, and, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, for busts at the wide receiver position, so we have the entire Tennessee Titans wide receiver core. Oh. Robbie Anderson, Sammy Watkins, and Romeo Dobbs for the Packers. Drake London, Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman Jr., Allen Robinson, Hunter Renfro, and Devin Duvernay. It's a mm. lot of busts this week. Yeah. Um, I want to focus on the Tennessee Titans because, fun fact, Mike, not a single wide receiver for the Titans caught a pass in their matchup. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> the only reception. So Malik Willis, I think, only had five completions on the week, and wow. all five of those went to running backs or a tight end. Awful. Now, some of that, the, like the, there were some passes that the wide receivers should have caught, and they just didn't. But I think if you can go an entire game and a wide receiver doesn't register a catch, that speaks to a way bigger problem. Oh, definitely. Uh, that's that's awful. Like that's a. I mean, I don't know how long Tannehill's expected to be out, but that's not going to bode well for them. No, and I honestly don't know if they'll put him back though, because they were struggling not this badly, but they were still struggling with him. And mm-hmm. Tannehill doesn't have the rushing upside that Malik Willis does. So a bit more of the really playbook. think they might go with Willis for the rest of the year? I think they might because it opens really? up more of their, their playbook in terms of the play action and right. uh, QB run options. So I think that they might because I think they've realized, well, it doesn't matter who we have throwing the ball. It's not working. I, I'm just, you heard it here, folks. That's a, that's a shocker for me, what you just said. I wasn't even thinking about that. I thought, okay, he'll, he'll return from injury and they'll get rolling again. Um, if that's the case, I got to tell you, I don't think the Titans are even remotely a competitor then. No, I, I don't, I I don't consider them. I don't consider them one regardless of who's that quarterback, really. Um, Tannehill is the better passer, obviously. Malik mm-hmm. Willis is kind of more like that Justin Fields, Zach Wilson can can run around and kind of open up the, the door a bit more for Derrick Henry. Um, and it seems like they're pretty committed to uh, to running Derrick Henry down Obviously. their opponent's throats. So I would say they're going to lean towards Malik Willis just because it gives him a more more of an advantage because they kind of have to respect Malik Willis's ability to run the ball as well. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, teams do crazy things. Uh, we'll move on to our tight end conquerors for the week. So Cole Komet, Cade Otten, TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, Noah Fant, Travis Kelsey, and Juwan Johnson. So I want to focus in on TJ Hawkinson, actually, because in only four days, he was heavily involved in the Vikings offense. Mm-hmm. And he was perfect on the day. He brought in all nine of his targets and had 70 yards. Yeah. And it seemed like they were using him on the opposite side of the field, like away from Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And he was open a lot. So I'm interested to see what, what it looks like once he's had, I guess a bit more time to settle into the system and maybe a bit more time to get worked specifically into the playbook. Um, But if they're going to use him that much, then I, I would be saying we probably need to readjust our initial thoughts on it that he would kind of stay the same for fantasy. If they're going to use him that much, I think his rest of season rankings would go up higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he definitely had a really, really solid week. So 
it, I mean, it might be time what might tell on that one because you don't, you never know what's going to happen. But if they start using him efficiently and he catches those like really needed, I mean, I think they're going to win the division anyway, but I, to me, Minnesota starts to become more of a threat now because they have, if they're going to use him and use him like this, and that just creates another run pass option. It creates another threat that teams have to consider. And I think Minnesota starting to look more of a well-oiled machine than I thought. Um, I just, I don't know. Kirk Cousins, I have such a hard time sometimes with him knowing where to kind of place him. Um, Cause sometimes he can be so efficient and, and like a solid, even just the, the forget the stats for a moment, just watching him play. He looks like a solid composed quarterback. And then he does really weird things during primetime games. So I just don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, really quickly, I just wanted to highlight Juwan Johnson, who I had listed as a sit, and until almost the end of that Baltimore game, had one reception, and then the Baltimore's defenders just let him run down the sideline untouched because they thought he had sipped out of bounds, and so he ended up with a giant touchdown <laughs> and became a conqueror because of that. Yeah, yeah. I was yelling at my TV last night so loudly. I was like, are you guys kidding me? That's pretty wild. Uh, moving on. <laughs> um, some tight end busts on the week. Mike Kosicki, Tyler Conklin, Evan Ingram, Mo Cox, and Kyle Pitts. Um, Kosicki, I'm going to focus on a little later. Um, I think I'll talk about, talk about Kyle Pitts because... He's basically becoming touchdown dependent because of how much Mariota has been struggling. Like Pitts only brought in two receptions for 27 yards. And that's not really, that's what you would expect from a guy. Like you just picked up off the waiver wire, not a guy Mm -hmm. you took with one of your top three draft picks. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's, it's hard to say you can't trust him because of the explosive talent that's there, but with Mariota performing the way that he has, it, it is. Yeah, no, it definitely is. But uh, that's it for uh, the week nine review. So you can find the full uh, full article and review on our website at conqueredraft.com, as well as weekly waiver wire suggestions. Those are released with the review article every Tuesday. Yeah, you can go and people can go in a little bit more depth into all your choices. So if you want to hear like, you know, a quick recap of each player, read everything that was written there. And then, yeah, the waiver wire right at the bottom of the article. Check it out. Some suggestions, some interesting names on there. Um, uh, We never really talk about the waiver wire because, you know, that's kind of an additional thing. But I got to say, you got Odell Beckham Jr. on there. Yeah, I think uh, the Cowboys or the Packers might might take him. And Mm. he'll immediately, if he's on the Packers, he'll immediately become extremely relevant. Uh, mm-hmm, if he's on the mm-hmm. Cowboys, less so. But the quarterback, like Dak Prescott, can support CeeDee Lamb. And it doesn't seem like Michael Gallup's panning out. So maybe yeah. Odell Beckham could become the number two there. That's kind of what I was going to say is I feel like on on Dallas, he has more of a cho- chance of being like relevant in the NFL proper. But he probably, for fantasy, will get more points with Green Bay. But I just think, you know, you'd be the number two on a re- pretty good team. Um, with with the Cowboys, and I do think if Gallup's not going to be as well, like he he might hurt CD Lamb's numbers a tiny bit. But I feel I do feel like that team has enough that they can use both efficiently and become a, a bigger offensive threat. But we'll see. Um, yeah. 
you're expecting him to be back. So there you go. So that's kind of the gems that you can get on the waiver wire. So definitely go check that out, conqueredraft.com. I know we have a lot of new listeners who are checking out the podcast just last week for our trade deadline talk, and hopefully you're back this week. So go to conqueredraft.com, get some more great insights, more depth and detail. All right, Mike, let's let's get into the debate here, the rest of season rankings. Yeah, so you and I went through and we did our top 10s for kind of the skill positions at least, and now we're going to talk about them. Uh, this is kind of a fun thing. We Obviously, we didn't really know. Um, we didn't, never really discussed doing this until we just decided to do it. Um, so it's been kind of fun to see what our list like. Yeah, and I mean, there's pretty much the same, for the most part, there's the same names there, just in different order, which is to be expected. A couple of deviations that I think we'll have some fun talking about. Yeah, I think the I think there's a few. What I will say is there's a few moments, and I'll point them out where the order to me became a little irrelevant. Where I'm like, well, this group of four or five are here, and I don't really care if they shift up or down. Um, but then there's others where I'm like, I definitively think they're in this spot for whatever reason. Um, so, all right, so. well, let's let's get into it. I'll start Good. with my uh, my top ten quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. So at number one, obviously Josh Allen. Yep. Uh, number two, Jalen Hurts. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Number four, Joe Burrow. Number five, Lamar Jackson. Number six, Tua Tagovailoa. Number seven, Dak Prescott. Number eight, Kyler Murray. Number nine, Geno Smith. And busting into the top ten, <laughs> Justin Fields. Okay, so my top ten... Uh, our number one, Josh Allen. So we've got the same number one, so it's nothing for you and I to discuss there. Number two, Patrick Mahomes. Number three, Lamar Jackson. Number four, Jalen Hurts. Number five, Joe Burrow. And I want to quickly say, so you and I have the same top five. I yep. think you can draw a line after five. I to agree. me, this these five are the tier, and I actually won't even fight you. I don't care if Mahomes is two, three, Hurts is two. It doesn't matter. These are the top five. Yes, Allen, I agree. Mahomes, Jackson, Hurts, Burrow. Great. So that's the only time you and I would probably agree. And that's <laughs> our top fives, and I don't care what order they're in. But I do think Josh Allen's definitive number one currently. Yes. For the rest of the year. So now we get into the bottom kind of six here. So number six, Tua. Number seven, Kyler Murray. Number eight, Geno Smith. Number nine, Dak Prescott. And number 10, Kirk cousins captain kirk himself so the only difference in our list in terms of names is you've got fields at 10 and i have cousins at 10 our six through nine are the same and you know i actually had cousins going into the weekend at number 10 yeah but then i went and looked at fields (laughs) well obviously with his performance this week and just how he's been ramping up over the past Mm -hmm. few weeks like Mm -hmm. each week he's been increasing in his fantasy performance. So I said, you know what? If they're going to keep relying on him that way, I think he's going to score more points than Cousins in the long run. You know what's really funny? I Because I, lim- I had my list down to a 12 at one point, and then I did the thing that I kind of explained to you over text where I had my list, and then I, I took the extras and started being like, okay, can I, name, can I say that this person is definitively better than this person, this person, this person? And that's why I sent you a wrong list before. Um, because I was trying to kind of move things around. Fields was one of my top 12. Like Fields yep. was right there, kind of at 11. And I was like considering putting him in. Um, <sighs> sustainability. I know he's ramping up. 
He's on a bad team. He's going to be playing in some some losses and not great games, I think, moving forward. I don't have any confidence that Chicago is going to suddenly make a playoff run here. I think the reason why I went to Kirk Cousins is meaningful games. I looked at the schedule. I looked at kind of where the teams were at. Kirk Cousins is going to be playing, I think, more meaningful games. And I was pretty impressed by the way that you've been using Hawkinson, how still Dalvin Cook is like reliable when it looks like he's not going to be like, he still is utilized in certain situations. I just think they have a lot of balance to their offense. Whereas Justin Fields, people might be like, okay, we know he's not going to throw the ball. So we're going to put more pressure on him. We're going to try to stop the run might not stop him, but that's why at the end of the day, I learned, I leaned a bit to Kirk Cousins. And see, I lean towards fields because they've clearly, shifted gears in terms of their offense and that he they're going to lean on him probably until he gets injured or he just can't run anymore. Yeah. Um, but looking at their schedule, they take on the Lions, the Falcons, the Jets, the Packers, and then well, go on their bye. Yeah. So the Jets, the Jets, I think that'll be a tougher matchup. I mean, the Jets just did an amazing job against Buffalo. Now, I know that Allen was able to run all of them a little bit, but they still... They did a lot better than I expected them to. That that Jets defense, it's starting to shock me a little bit. So I feel like that might be a tougher game. The rest of those games should be gimmies. Um, He should have no problem. And week 17, for most championships in fantasy, they take on the Detroit Lions again. (laughs) You know, the only team that can't do anything offensively against the Lions is the Green Bay Packers for some reason. Oh yeah! Uh, if you go back, if you read, uh, if you read the start sits article that we'll talk about at the end of this uh, this episode, uh, I, I I very much list exactly who performed poorly against the Lions. Don't you worry, Aaron. Aaron Rodgers is in there. Um, you'll notice Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are not on our lists. Correct. So that tells you something. I also think. I mean, it's good. We both got two at six, um, which I guess is kind of. Another thing that we kind of agree on. And then our Gino, Dak, and Kyler spots kind of shift a bit. Again, to me, I think this is kind of like next tier of quarterbacks anyway. So you could move them around. I, I did find it interesting that you you were putting Dak ahead of Kyler Murray. Um, I just felt, for me, I guess, because Murray did have that running element as well, um, that he might be he might be a bit of a better choice. Do you, what are you thinking in terms of what you're seeing with Dak, though? Well, with Dak, I mean, really, we only have a two-game sample size, and one of them was his first game back. Uh, but in this past week, or well, sorry, the last game that he played, he, he was back to his regular form, right? He he threw very well. He was making the most of, of C.D. Lamb. He got Dalton Schultz involved, whereas with Kyler Murray... He's had a lot of games where he hasn't broken 20 fantasy points, even with the rushing yardage. Uh, and that's because there's some, there seems to be something going on with their offense and their inability to really throw the ball. Uh, it's it's increased now that Hopkins has come back, but like we've seen with uh, with Derek Carr sometimes, like just because you're going to hyper-target someone doesn't mean that it's going to pan out for the quarterback for fantasy, right? Yeah. So I just... Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough from Kyler to make me think that he's going to be... I think he'll finish top 10 because of that rushing upside, but I think it's going to be lower in the top 10. Whereas yeah. now Dak is coming back and he is throwing a lot. And yeah. he, he does have 
a reduced rushing upside, but he still has some rushing upside. Yeah, I think, I mean, Marquise Brown's going to come back at some point, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> like, I think so, so. Yeah, so I think, I think even though it's not as strong of a weapons, and maybe my opinion will change a little bit if they do get Odell, but I, I guess I just looked at Dak and Kyler being like, well, Dak's going to try to go to C.D. Lamb, and Kyler's going to try to go to Hopkins, and that kind of evens it out a little bit. And I like Dak's, like, I like the offensive weapons that he has more. I just like Kyler's legs more. So I just feel like, okay, if Marquise Brown comes in, if Odell Beckham Jr. comes in, maybe those things will change for me a little bit. But yeah, I guess I just, I still figure I would want to be starting a little more confident, starting quarterback that could still do everything passing-wise that another one can, but has that running element as part of it. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, this is the list that I'm, I feel like we're pretty close on. And I don't think there's much, I think it's just like, that's just opinion by that point of like who to put in over this person. And it's kind of splitting hairs. Like any of these 10 quarterbacks, I think would be solid to start or really 11 is if you throw Fields and Kirk Cousins in there. I feel like those are your 11 starting quarterbacks in, in fantasy generally. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would. All right, let's go. move on to running backs where we have a running bit more backs. disagreement. We do. All right, so my top in players 10. in order. <laughs> yep. My uh, top 10, number one. So, And uh, just for the listeners, so these were all done in terms of standard format because that is what our yes. home league plays in. That's an important uh, distinction. Yes, because this would be very different if we were in PPR. Um, but for well, standard. Yeah, then we'd have to take that into a, something different into account, yeah. Yeah. So for standard, number one, Nick Chubb. Number two, Austin Eckler. Number three, Christian McCaffrey. Number four, Saquon Barkley. Number five, Derrick Henry. Number six, Dalvin Cook. Number seven, Joe Mixon. Number eight, Damian Pierce. Number nine, Kenneth Walker. And number 10, Josh Jacobs. All right. Uh, For me, number one, Derrick Henry. Number two, Christian McCaffrey. Number three, Nick Chubb. Number four, Joe Mixon. Number five, Saquon Barkley. Number six, Austin Eckler. Number seven, Cordy Pat Pat. That's Cordello Patterson. Number eight, Josh Jacobs. Number nine, Dalvin Cook. Number 10, uh, Rishmordy Stevenson. How do you say his name? Ramondre. Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson from the, the, the New England Patriots. Wow. Okay. Um, well, you're going to have to sell me on that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you butchered that. But. I don't know. <laughs> um, so you think that he's going to be a, a top 10 rest of season with Damian Harris coming back, eh? <clears throat> um, I'm, yeah. So I still think that Stevenson's going to be their, their back that they're going to try to rely on in the red zone. Um, I do think he's going to do a lot of third down work. I think he's going to be... Um, used in that red zone a lot. I think he's going to score the touchdowns. This is a team that has to run. Um, they're not going to win games through the air. Belichick is too stubborn to ever give up on the season, which is one of the things that you're going to see with people I kept out on the list. Whereas I think the team's just going to give up eventually um, and they're just going to fall apart and, and do nothing. I think the Patriots are going to be at least relevant and in it for the rest of the season. So I do think that Stevenson is going to get more opportunities. And yeah, I'm, I'm got him at number 10. Now, again, I, my running back list was actually pretty big. I had, a, I had almost 20 names that I was like tossing around. Um, but yes, I ended up defaulting to him for, for kind of those reasons. 
All right. I know it's a stretch. I knew that one was going to be a stretch, especially because I left out a couple names that I knew you were going to put on your list. But um, I also, I, I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised that I put Josh Jacobs at eight. Okay. I yep. wasn't even going to put him <laughs> on my top 10. I wasn't even going to put him at, on my top 10. So I, what I let him sneak there? into the bottom of mine. Yeah. I, I was not even going to have him on my top 10, but he snuck in. Um, the one, the, honestly, the one thing I got to say, and I, and I know you're a big stats guy. You're a big stats guy. And that that's what I think makes this partnership good is you're a big stats guy and I'm more of a feelings and watch eye test kind of guy. That's what they call it. That's the stats versus the eye test. Cordello Patterson to not be on your list I think is absolutely ridiculous. They use him in every scoring situation. He can catch. He can run. Clearly, like just as we saw this past week, even though they're going to give the other running back maybe more touches, who who is getting the touchdowns? Cordy Pat-Pat. So what you really couldn't take Jacobs off your list for put for Patterson? If I was going to take Jacobs off, it probably would have been for Patterson. Right. So Patterson um, was like your eleven. Yeah, um, but we've also only seen one game now with him back, and yeah. b- before he went off, he wasn't doing very much either. So, like week one, he had twenty two points, but then week two, you dropped down to four points. Um, then he was back up to 22 points. Then he went down to uh, 10 points. I believe that was the game that he got injured. That was the game he was injured. Um, so he was having a good game, and then he got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Which keeps happening. <laughs> but now the the Cardinals, or sorry, the Falcons defense is, or offense is very different now than it was back then too. Everything has kind of come off the rails. Um, they don't have a passing attack anymore. They're just trying to rely on their their running game. And I don't know if that's going to work out for them because he's he's basically only scoring from inside the red zone. Like he, I don't, unless I missed one, I don't think he had any giant runs from from like down the field or anything. No, I think he was primarily red zone usage. Yeah. So my my issue there is I don't know if the Falcons' offense is good enough each week to get into the red zone consistently. Um, especially with uh, some of the matchups that they have coming up. Like now they've got a few good ones in a row to start mm-hmm. with. They got mm-hmm. the bears commanders. Commanders are tough on the run game. Then they have the Steelers, but then they've got the saints and the Ravens who that's a pretty tough matchup for, for running backs. Yeah. I mean, the saints is saints can be a little inconsistent. Like the Ravens just ran all of them pretty well, but you're right. That is tougher. I guess I guess this is the other thing I was figuring, because I looked a lot at both matchups but standings. And I really do believe where you are in the standings matter for how this is going to work. And the Falcons, if they rattle off like the first couple of games you listed, if they rattle off a couple wins, they're going to be neck and neck with Tampa Bay for the NFC South, which is like a terrible division. But if you win the division, <laughs> you're in the playoffs. So I just feel like they're going to be pushing. And they're going to be relevant, and that bumped it up a little. Like I get what you're saying, and I'm not, I'm not like being like, you know, your stats are wrong. They're not. It's just I, I look at those that situation, saying, well, there's probably three wins for them in a row, and then suddenly, if the if the, you know, if the Bucks win two of those three, these two teams are like neck and neck, going for a playoff spot. And I think that changes things because that's where my Cordy Pat Pat does his best work is, is pressure for the playoffs and get things going. 
This guy's now, a monster. I don't. I, don't, I will I hate that everyone doesn't like him. <laughs> I will say in his, I guess, a point in his favor is that the Falcons, regardless of whether they're winning or losing, have committed to running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. E- even before he he was there. So if they're going to keep doing that, then maybe he will finish as a top ten just because of pure volume. Well, that's but, and touchdowns. Like I think yeah. he'll be he'll be their primary red zone. So. Well, that that's the thing, because if, if you look at his finish for this week, he only had 44 rushing yards, and he had one catch for nine yards. Mm-hmm. So if he hadn't gotten in the touchdown, if he hadn't even gotten in the end zone twice, he had a pretty rough week, actually. Oh, for sure. Um, the second touchdown really saved him. Um, so again, I think it's going to come down to how efficient the Falcons end up being. I agree. Um, but... Uh, Unless there was anyone else you want to touch on, we'll switch um, to wide receivers. Well, I guess very quickly, I guess I guess I'd love to hear just at the top of the list. You've got Chubb one, and you've got Eckler two, which I I moved them all the way down to six. So actually, Chubb again, Chubb, McCafferty, Henry, like whatever. Like I think they're all really good backs. Saquon's a good back. Joe Mixon's having a you know good couple weeks. Um, you've got Dalvin Cook. And Austin Eckler a bit higher than me, and I'd love to know why. So, can you just briefly give me an Eckler and Cook breakdown? Yeah, well, for for Eckler, I mean, since I think it was Week Five, maybe Week Four, the offense has gone through him, which is what they did last year, and it turned out to be fantasy gold for him. Um, and I'm not seeing it in anything from Justin Herbert to say that they're going to switch that. He has been just on fire since week four. He has scored a touchdown in every single game. Um, he's only had one game, actually, where he didn't have multiple touchdowns. So he's he's just very good at what he does, which is getting into the end zone. And for the first three weeks of the year, they didn't use him that way, and he was terrible. Now they've switched back to how they used him last year, and they're winning games again. Hmm. Um, as for Cook, he's just very dependable, especially in the passing game as like a kind of a dump off target for Kirk cousins. Um, and the Vikings offense is good enough that they're going to get into the red zone a few times a game. And they love to run Dalvin cook in the end zone. So even if he's not having a good yardage day, there is like, just we'll look at this past week against Washington. He didn't, he only had 47 yards, but he managed to catch a touchdown in the end zone. Yeah. So as, as soon as they get within that 20 yards, there is a very good chance that the ball is going to him. And I think he just has, just with his historical performance and every week there's a chance that he's getting the touchdown, like a very high chance. Um, I think he's going to finish in the top 10 as he normally does. I don't see any reason why uh, he would deviate, I guess, for from how he's performed throughout his whole career, really. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to wide receivers. All right. So again, this is in standard format at number one, Cooper cup, number two, Tyree kill, number three, Stefan Diggs, number four, Jalen Waddle, number five, Justin Jefferson, number six, Devonte Adams, number seven, AJ Brown, number eight, Mike Evans, number nine, Jamar chase and number 10, Gabe Davis. Okay. My list Number one, Cooper Cup. Number two, Stefan Diggs. Number three, Tyreek Hill. Number four, Justin Jefferson. Number five, Jalen Waddell. Number six, Devontae Adams. 
Number seven, A.J. Brown. Number eight, C.D. Lamb. Number nine, Jamar Chase. And number 10, Brendan Ayuk. Um, so, I mean, again, for for the for our lists are pretty similar, one through seven. Yeah. And then number nine, we both have Chase. Our eights and ten are completely different players that aren't on each other's lists. Um, but in terms of the top end, pretty similar, one through seven. Um, little bit of deviation of a few people, but um, pretty similar list. Yeah, I honestly, I don't love Davis being on my list. Um, no, neither do I. <laughs> I I would rather have C.D. Lamb there. Um, but Davis has ju- just been getting a lot more of like the the deep bombs. I guess he just has the chance to have an explosive week. He whereas, does, he's just not catching it. It's the yes. problem. Like He's getting the bombs every game, but he doesn't come up with the ball. Like He's been, to, I mean, again, I have him in the pool, he's been a pretty, pretty big disappointment. I know he got injured for a bit, but aside from really now two games, he just hasn't been able to to catch those deep balls. I know he's targeted, so I'm sure that will keep happening, but it's just not happening for him. Like it's not, He's not getting it. You know what? I'm switching Davis for Lamb. I'm switching him. Well, hold on. That's, that is a, this is in protest. You've completely thrown off. That's not how this works. Yeah, you no, you I'm live swapping. with Gabe Davis. I put C.D. Lamb number eight. I was yeah. shocked to not see C.D. Lamb on your list. Um, I put him number eight. And I like for me, Brendan Ayuk being 10 was more of a, mm, I'll slip it in there because I like the way San Francisco's offense is going. I think if the ball is going to get thrown, obviously McCaffrey is going to be a big part of that now. But I think Ayuk's going to get some targets and get some opportunities. But I was shocked that you didn't put C.D. Lamb on your list. And you can change it all you want here, but our fans know that I'm keeping that Gabe Davis. I'm, when I go to bed tonight, it will be of Gabe Davis number ten on your list. CD yeah. Lamb number eight on mine. Yeah, Gabe Davis go. is now number eleven, and CD <laughs> Lamb is number ten. Yeah, I mean CD Lamb, I think you know, up and down at times, but I think he's proven even with Cooper Rush that he he's a top end wide receiver, and I think he'll finish in the top ten going down the stretch again Dallas playing lots of meaningful games they're going to be in a bit of a battle but this should be a playoff team so it will be um yeah I think he's going to be a main target there yeah and uh the only other one I think where you and I'll disagree is well Mike Evans for me and Brandon Ayuk for you I I don't think Ayuk will have enough of a role now that uh McCaffrey is there because I think they're going to become a lot more run focused and Ayuk still has to compete with Kittle and Samuel for targets and McCaffrey now, whereas Mike Evans, even when Tom Brady's been playing bad, it's still been working out for Evans. He's still doing fairly well because he's the main target. Yeah, I think I think uh, the Bucks are done. So I don't think Evans is going to become much relevant for the second half of the year. Um, I just disagree on on your rationale for San Francisco. I think Ayuk's going to get some target. I think they've proven that that Samuel's been pretty inconsistent this year, and they've tried to use him in different ways. But Brandon Ayuk is a traditional receiver. You got to throw the ball to win games. They know that they can't just run their way to a Super Bowl. I mean, I know Derrick Henry's kind of been the exception to that, but this year it's not working. It's not going to work for them for Tennessee. So I don't think. San Francisco can do that. I think they're going to have to. They're going to have to spread the ball deep every once in a while. They're going to have to show a deep threat, or defenses are going to 
get accustomed to what they're doing too fast. So that's kind of why I slipped Ayuk in there. Uh, Mike Evans is a disaster. I don't know why he's on your list. And Gabe Davis, number 10. Let's move on. To- <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on to tight ends. So number one, Travis Kelsey. Number two, Mark Andrews. Number three, Taysom Hill. Number four, Zach Ertz. Number five, Dallas Goddard. Number six, David Njoku. Number seven, TJ Hawkinson. Number eight, George Kittle. Number nine, Hayden Hurst. And number 10, Tyler Conklin. All right. Uh, Similar at the top of our list. Number one for me, Travis Kelsey. Number two, Mark Andrews. Number three, Taysom Hill. Then I've got number four, Dallas Goddard. Number five, Zach Ernst. Number six, TJ Hawkinson. Number seven, George Kittle. Number eight, Mike Gusecki. Number nine, David Njoku. And number 10, Gerard Everett. All right. So our number five, our top five are identical, just with Goddard and Ertz swapped around. Swapped around. But our top five are, yeah, identical. Yeah. And then we both have uh, Njoku, Kittle, and Hawkinson in there as well. Yeah, Yeah. like I think... I think, like, I get it. Njoku, I mean, he's coming back from an injury, but, like, I think he will be in the top 10. Um, again, I, I guess I was going off of Hawkinson, Kittle, playoff contending teams. I don't know what's going to happen with the Browns' offense. Like, I, I Watson's an unknown. Um, everything that they're doing right now is, I don't know what it's going to be for the rest of the year, so I put him down a little bit because I felt there's just a lot of unknowns there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Mike Kosicki, I, I don't like him in your uh, your top ten. Well, I think the Dolphins' offense is going to continue to grow and explode, and I think they're going to find more room for him to be in there. I think he's going to be their number one target tight end. I think they need something other than their two receivers. Again, when you get to double coverage, when you get into tighter times in the year where you're playing teams that are trying to make the playoffs, they're going to play you a little bit tight, force you to do different things. And I think that we're going to see something better out of him. And I still think like as a tight end, he's still always going to be a red zone threat, which always elevates players for me because it means touchdowns. Um, so he might not in a, in a PPR league be in a top 10 because I don't think he'll, he'll necessarily get the receptions, but it's the quality of the receptions and the quality of targets that I'm going for him. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to attack that with some stats here. You go out um, with some stats. <laughs> so they'll probably be stats from last year. Yeah. Oh, so his, stats. his highest finish in terms of fantasy points in the weeks where he hasn't scored a touchdown mm-hmm. was three points mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's only scored three touchdowns on the year. So you have mm-hmm. had two games that were double digit fantasy points and really only one game that would be like extremely meaningful for fantasy um, where you had quite a few. So 0.1 points, 0.6 points, 2.3, 3, 2.7, 0. 0.3. So a lot of, uh, a lot of very, very down weeks when he's not bringing in that red zone end zone target. Yeah. You're bringing up a lot of great stats from games that have already happened to quote (laughs) a famous smart man. You can't do anything about the past. You can only look forward to the future. And I'm just saying, this is what he's going to do moving forward because two is back. 
Tua is back and they're getting into a rhythm. They're going to reset um, on their bye week. They're going to come back and I think be stronger. And I think he's going to get more quality targets. And I'm just going off of someone who watches a lot of football and knows they are not going to let Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle run all over them. And I'm talking about good defenses, not bad defenses. When they play meaningful games to battle for playoff spots against other teams that are battling for playoff spots, they'll just double cover those two. And then there you go. Who's open? But that's the thing. You can't, you can't double cover both. You you could. You have, no, you have to pick one. Yeah. It would be terrible, but you could do it. It's possible. Uh, I mean, if you just want to lose the game, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I've got my feelings for it. I think the Geekmeister is going to have a good second half. I think he's going to be stronger um, than some of the options here. I, I just, I'm looking at your list here and just Tyler Conklin, like you got to be kidding me. I just don't think the Jets, our offense is, is I think the defense is fantastic. But I just don't think their offense is going anywhere. And you know what? I don't even know who Hayden Hurst is. He's the tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, so there you go. So he's he is in the same sort of position as Mike Kosicki. He is touchdown dependent as well. Yeah. Um, but Conklin has been getting a lot of targets in uh, in the Jets passing game. And for a while, he was the only one who was really working. So I think they are going to mm. keep leaning on him. Whether or not yeah. it pans out down the line, we'll see. Um, kind of the same as Gerald Everett. The Chargers have not really been using him in the way that I think most people expected them to. When you have a giant tight end like that, you would want to use them in the red zone. And they haven't really. They've just been using him as kind of like a check down player, uh, which is okay for PPR. But even there, he still hasn't been that great. But I think if they were willing to use him in the end zone, he could finish like a top five tight end, really. But they're just not willing to do that with him. Well, there you go. That's our tight ends. Um, we've got some fan questions, Josh, this week. Um, so All this right. Is fun. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll rattle them off for you here. And people can go on our website anytime, conqueredraft.com. Go to the podcast section. There's a form fillable right there. Boom. You can send us your question. Um, this first one comes from Jacqueline. Um, and Jacqueline wants to know, um, what's a sleeper defense you would suggest trying to pick up for the second half of the season? All right, Jacqueline, thanks for the question. Um, Mike, you already actually talked about them. The, the New York Jets defense mm-hmm. has been performing very well for fantasy over Definitely. the last few weeks. And they have a very nice lineup, especially come the fantasy football playoffs. Um they're going into a bye week this week, so if they're on your waiver wire, or if someone had them, they might drop them because of the bye week. So you should be able to pick them up, but week 11, you've got the Patriots. Then you've got the Bears. Now, with how they've been performing lately, that that could not be the best bat- matchup anymore. And then you've got a few rough ones with the Vikings and the Bills, but if you can weather that storm, you've got the Lions and the Jaguars in the fantasy playoffs, and then the Seattle Seahawks come championship week Um, if they're unavailable another option that you can try to find is the minnesota vikings defense so they're playing against the bills and the cowboys for the next two weeks not really ideal and odds are that whoever has them right now will probably drop them if they're not already on your waiver wire but after that they've got the patriots the jets and the lions the colts four great matchups for defenses 
Then you've got the Giants. It's kind of a coin flip, depends on which version of the Giants shows up. And then you've got the Green Bay Packers in Week 17 for your fantasy championship. Not bad. Not a bad one. Uh, the next question here, this is the last one that we got from Kyle. Um, and Kyle wants to know, where do you rank the Colts at this point? Is there any reason to hold on to Taylor or any of their other players? So that's from Kyle. Kyle, thanks for the question. The Colts are, I guess, politely would be to call them a dumpster fire at this point. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I think, unfortunately, you do have to hold. Maybe not start him, but keep him because he has the ability, if he can get back to full health and the offense gets back to normal, he can win you your championship easily. So I wouldn't put him out on the waiver wire because the last thing that you want is someone picking him up and using him against you. As for everyone else on the team, I think you can probably move on. Um, Michael Pittman Jr. would be the only other option I would consider keeping. Again, not really worth starting week in and week out. Hmm. Maybe in a PPR league, he's worth it as like your third wide receiver because he is still getting targeted a lot, even by Sam Ellinger, but he's not performing well. He hasn't had a touchdown since week one. And I mean, just... The team's a dumpster fire. If you have better t- uh, options at wide receiver, you can let Michael Pittman go. But for Jonathan Taylor, I would hold on to him. Maybe just keep him on your bench and hope that he can turn it around. Because if he does, he has the champ. He has the ability to win your championship easily. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's absolutely fair. Um, okay, so with that in mind, with the few minutes we have left. Josh, why don't you take us through some starts and sits, but we'll remind people, if you want full reasons for for these starts and sits, go to our website, conqueredraft.com. The article should be out by the time this podcast goes out, so you just go there. Most recent article will have all your starts and sits um, for what should be another crazy week as we enter the second half of the NFL season. Very exciting. Absolutely. So for starts this week at quarterback, we have Justin Fields, Derek Carr, and Daniel Jones. I don't think we're going to have time for me to go in depth. So if you want the the explanations, unfortunately, you're going to have to go read the article yourself Mm -hmm. at conqueredraft.com. Go to conqueredraft.com. Read that article. At running back, we have Saquon Barkley, Jamal Williams, and Miles Sanders. For wide receivers, we have Chris Olave, Darnell Mooney, and Jerry Judy. For tight end, Dawson Knox, Evan Engram, and TJ Hawkinson. Mm. Moving into our sits at quarterback, we have Aaron Rodgers, Kenny Pickett, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Herbert. (laughs) (laughs) If if you would like a a brief synopsis of Aaron Rodgers, just (laughs) just refer back to earlier in the video. Yes, yes. In the podcast, sorry. Or any of our podcasts, really, like any episode. But continue, continue. (laughs) At running back, Aaron Jones. Leonard Fournette and Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson both. Wide receivers, Michael Pittman Jr., Deontay Johnson, and Alan Lazard. Hmm. And at tight end, Robert Tunyon, Gerald Everett, and Mike Gesicki. So as you hmm. can see, there was a Packer in every single sit category. Refer back to Mike's comments and you'll understand why. <laughs> you'll understand why. <laughs> yeah so definitely refer back to my comments for that but definitely just as a final reminder go to conqueredraft.com um, we just didn't have enough time this week for josh to go through 
each of his kind of key starts and sits this week, but you can get the full explanation on all those players. All of them will be in there in the article on Friday um, when our podcast comes out um, to get ready for, for week 10. And just a reminder that because of how we record this, we don't know the results of the Thursday night game. Um, so usually um, for that, Josh, you post something um, before the Thursday night game just to talk about any of the players that you want to highlight there. Yeah, so on Thursday, there will be a Thursday night preview article that comes out and it will list starts and sits for that night specifically. Um, so you can find that at conqueredraft.com as well. And uh, in the in the start and sit article for the rest of the week, there will be a recap of the Thursday night football action as well. Mm. And like Mike said, you can uh, reach out to us with questions through the form on our website at conqueredraft.com or through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at conqueredraft.com. Yeah, definitely check that out. Um, this was a fun episode this week, Josh. I like that we got our lists out there. Um, people can follow us on social media as well for more content. We like to do a lot of posting during games on Twitter and Instagram, especially on Sunday and Thursday nights. So you can get kind of our live reactions to things, which is great. So definitely people should check that out as well. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us this week and good luck with your matchups.